Welcome back to another episode of the same 24 hours podcast. We are firmly planted in 2021 and this has been a very stressful start to this year for sure. For sure. It depends on how you look at it though, right? It it always does. But still, it's been some uncertain times, um, even though we're out of 2020. But I'm very excited about the topic and the guest today on the podcast. Rachel Cruz is our guest today. She is a two-time national best-selling author, financial expert, and host of The Rachel Cruz Show. Since 2010, Rachel has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches people to avoid debt, save money, budget, and how to win with money at any stage in life. She's authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her dad, Dave Ramsey, and her latest book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, which just came out this week. So I was very interested in talking with Rachel because Dave Ramsey Solutions has um, really helped my family. And I love their mission. I love their baby steps. I love everything about it. And she has her own twist and take on it as well in her new book, know yourself, know your money. She talks about the connection between money and behavior and how we do, how we treat our money is often just a way we treat our lives, a way we show up to life and the behaviors that we have. And so very interesting, interesting podcast. I enjoyed it very much with her. And I hope you will check out her new book and her website is Rachel Cruz, C-R-U-Z-E.com where all the things are. She called it the mothership. So head on over to the mothership at rachelcruz.com and enjoy this episode with Rachel Cruz. Hi, and welcome to the same 24 hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited about our guest today. Rachel Cruz is here. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. I hear you have a new book coming out. (laughs) Yes, it is out in the world. I know, right? Oh, it feels like a pregnancy and I just delivered the baby and it's Oh, was it this week? Yes, it it was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're on the press junket. (laughs) That's right. I know. I know I am, but it's exciting. I'm so happy about it. So wonderful. So that means two days it was birthed, right? Because it's on Tuesday. That's right. Yes. So it's been 20, 48 hours. Okay. Well, how are you feeling about it? And how let's tell everyone what the book, the book is know yourself, know your money. Today, we are talking about money and finances, which is very exciting. Um, but how are you doing emotionally? Cause I remember 48 hours after my second book came out, I was, I was still flying high. It was like t- week two that I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know your adrenaline kind of keeps you going, but it's weird launching a book during a pandemic. I mean, I'm usually on a two and a half week book tour and I'm in bookstores doing book signings and media and in the studios. 
And when I decided to launch a book in 2021 of January, I had no clue that this is what the world was going to be. So it's a totally different launch than I did with my past two books. Uh, but I have three little kids at home. So honestly, if, it, if there was any time in the world for this to happen and me be home at night, it's probably this one. Yes. Well, good. Things work out. Things work I know, out even I know. in a pandemic. I do, miss, I do miss being out though. I love, I love the whole time of travel and all of that for, for book launches, but it's all good. We get to do a lot here and I'm thankful for technology. I'm actually thankful yeah. for it. It can be a, it can be a curse at times, but for usually sure, it's great. For sure. I was very fortunate. Mine came out in December. I had a very extended like book tour and events and I got a lot of mine, you know, in the real one-on-one -on -one world. But then my big one was the um, Barnes and Noble and Union Square in New York City. And that got canceled because of the pandemic. So I'm like mad about that one. Yeah, um, right. But I was very fortunate considering, you know, that I didn't have to launch the book in the pandemic. So I, I'm not going to complain. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's, let me tell you my little anecdotal story. I know you came on board with, um, Ramsey solutions, like in 2010. So I think that, and you may have been at the event in like 2011, 2012 in Atlanta at the Gwinnett center. Okay. I, yes. I feel like you're familiar. Like when I see, see you, I'm like, I think she spoke there. But anyway, that was when Twitter and like social media was still really new. And you guys had a giveaway that said, if you tweet about this, you'll win something. And I remember I was like, had my Blackberry <laughs> and I tweeted something. And I think I was like one of two people who tweeted because it was still so new and I won some package. Oh, and no uh, I just thought oh, that was so, so great. I was like, I never win anything. Um, but that was such a life changing so event mm. for my husband and I, we, um, we're in a lot of debt then. And we went to, to the event and, um, you know, we're determined to get out of it and we continued to spend like crazy people for eight years. Yeah, <laughs> we had all the tools and didn't do it. Yeah. And so all of that to say, when I saw your book and we have spent the last year getting out of debt, we've got awesome. one more month and we will be out of unsecured. You know, I'm going to make one of my little signs for you guys and send it to you. The title, the subtitle of your book is sorry. You tell me the subtitle of your book. <laughs> I wrote it. This is not it. Why you why handle, you handle money, money you the way you do and what to do about it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm looking at all these words and they all of a sudden don't make any sense, but why you handle money the way you do. And that all that to say that we had not looked at our habits. We had not looked at the people we were to mm. figure out why we had all the tools in the world to dig out of debt and we just didn't do it. And so that is my big, long winded story, <laughs> a jumping off point for your book. Like, let's talk about this. Why do we handle money the way we do? Where does it start? What does it say about us and, and how can, and what can we do about it? Yeah, that's how I'm excited about the book. I mean, you hit it spot on because personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. So understanding what to do is a very small percentage of actually winning because you have to do it. Your behavior has to kick into gear. You have to change your behavior from what you've been doing. But in order to change your behavior, you need to know why am I doing this in the first place? I mean, you can try to solve the problems on the surface, but when you can really get to the root of issues and solve those, it helps everything in the process. So yeah, knowing yourself, it goes everything back from your childhood. It goes to your money tendencies that are more your personality. It goes to your fears, your dreams. I mean, there's so much that embodies us when it comes to our money and unpacking each of those subjects is what I do in the book. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad, and this stuck with me, he said, 
it's just money. We can always make more of it. And that, that was kind of how I grew up. My dad was self-employed. He, um, you know, always was just making more of it. Like it would always be there. And so there was never this sense that it was something to honor. It it was, it was something you just did and you didn't need to save it. And you just kind of hope for the best because there'd always be more of it. And so when I got married and we (laughs) just thought there'll always be more of it, we have two advanced degrees. We'll just keep making it. And, and that, you know, tying that behavior to where we ended up, it it was very, it's like, oh, okay, well, naturally. So what, what is the first step to recognizing the behavior that is maybe the primary contributor to your current relationship with money? Probably the primary one would be your money tendencies. And so with the tendencies, there's seven of them and neither one is right or wrong on the spectrum of each of each subject, but understanding where you fall in them is very important. So one of the spectrums is kind of describes your dad and that mindset is abundance versus scarcity. So again, neither one is right or wrong, right? Abundance, minded people see the glass half full. There's always more opportunity. There's always more money. It's exactly what you just said. We're scarcity minded people. The glass half empty. They're a little bit more cautious, a little bit more aware, tend to hold a little bit closer. Now, those are not bad in and of themselves, but when you go to the extremes, that gets unhealthy. So when you go to the extreme of the abundance, it's like, oh yeah, everything's going to be fine. I can just do whatever I want. It's going to be fine. Well, that's not always the case, right? A pandemic hits. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you lose your job, it's not always fine right then. You know, in the scarcity minded side, if you take it to the extreme, there's a lot of fear, a lot of close fistedness. You don't take risks at all. You just hold everything so tight and that's not healthy either. So that's one tendency to kind of look at the spectrum. Uh, There's another tendency of spender versus saver. Are you naturally just a spender at heart and it's easier to spend? Are you naturally a saver? And again, neither one's right or wrong. The extremes are you don't want to be a spender and spend everything you make. You're going to be broke. And you also don't want to save everything and be a hoarder because there's a level of security there that's never going to be found, right? Because money won't give you that ultimate one. So there's seven of those that I walk through. And I love that part of the book because I didn't want any shame tied to those because neither one is right or wrong on each side, but everyone's so different. Like you look at money so differently. Like another one I'm thinking of is scarce is, um, is safety versus status. Why do you want money? A lot of people want money just to feel secure and feel safe. And that's great. Other people want money for status. And that sounds bad, but status meaning I want to make money to do stuff. And this is me. Mm -hmm. I will budget and I will save so that I can buy a fun car or that we can go on a great vacation or I can go out to eat. Like where my husband is more security. He's like, no, no, no. I'll have money in the bank. And that makes me feel good. That's why I work. But we come at it two totally different ways. Neither was right or wrong, but understanding that about yourself is so important. And specifically if you're married opposites attract. So knowing your spouse in it too, it it gives you empathy and it helps so much with communication. Oh, you raised such a good point. I actually wrote down relationship exclamation point because (laughs) um, when you said that, do you do it for status or safety? And then you explain status. I was like, oh yeah, that's me and my husband. Like, I just want to go do fun stuff or, you know, I want to get a Jeep one day. So I want to save for that. And, and he's just like, I need this pile of money and I'm going to look at it and then I will be okay. And so we've had this conversation like, okay, when is the pile? this proverbial pile that we're building when will it be enough and he's like you know he gave me a number and i was like okay so when we get that pile you'll be 
you know, sane. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. And I don't believe him. Like, I don't believe him. I think like he just wants to keep building the wall. Yes. Um, so what do you, do you address that in your book at all about communication and how to kind of meet in the middle and. Yes, very much so. Okay. Because I don't want to change who you are, right? Like I will, I'm like you, I will always be that status side of it. Um, and that's not bad. And so being able to embrace where you're at, but there's a level of relationship that there's sacrifice on both ends. Like that is marriage, right? You are living in a <laughs> sacrificial relationship. And so I think what's important is, is having goals together. So you can say, okay, this year we have two goals. I have a goal that I want some kind of experience or some kind of thing. Like I do want a great vacation, but also let's work at building that, that big fund up, whatever it is, the emergency fund or whatever you're saving for there too. So you can have, you can run on two different tracks, if you will, in a sense of how you view money, but coming together and getting that unity where you're working together. And that's the key. Like my husband and I, we built a house and moved in last year and we had this huge goal of paying for it. And so we mm -hmm. saved for years and we took savings we had had from something else and brought it in. I mean, it was this whole thing. And we had a budget that last year of us building as we, as we broke around, we had to hit every month and I'm like taking speaking gigs. I mean, I'm, we're doing everything we can. <laughs> and it was honestly, I told someone, I was like us moving into that house on move-in day was amazing. It was so fun. But the fact we accomplished that goal together, that felt kind of big. I mean, it kind of changed our marriage. I was like, we did, like, we looked at each other, like we did this. We kind of did what felt like the impossible. So I want couples to be able to do that work as a team. Money becomes something that goes in between couples. So many times it gets in between mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, no, 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 set it out in front, lock arms and look at it and say, okay, how are we going to tackle this issue together? Yeah. And that's such a good point too. the looking at it. Cause I've noticed, and I know you guys talk about it a lot on, on podcasts, but just most people that are spenders or, or really have dug themselves a nice debt hole they have no idea what it even is, right? They're shoving the the envelopes in the drawer. They're not looking at their logins. And that was, it was never me because I always paid my bill, but I was like not really looking at the whole balance, you know, and just in last year when I thought, oh gosh, this is feeling a little suffocating. Let me mm -hmm. put it all on a spreadsheet. Mm. And I did that. And it, you know, that is always like the, the coming to Jesus moment. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, this is really bad. But what it was able to do for my marriage, because mm. my husband being the saver and the very like in tune with it, it was, it had me own my part. It yes. had me have to apologize. It had me making promises to do better and mm. to set a goal. Like, look, I think we can be out of this in 14 months. I think, you know, wow. here's what I'm thinking. He's like, really? That's a big number. And I'm like, I think we can. And yeah, I mean, I actually think it might be a month early. It might be a oh, month early. That's amazing. Um, amazing. But, and then part of me is like, oh, I think I saved my marriage. Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, you so anyone who's out, though, right? Like yes. it's crazy because money, and I do talk about this in the book too, but I'm like, our life problems masquerade themselves as money problems. And so it's not always just the debt issue. There's a level of, of discontentment that we have. There's a level of lack of planning. Like there's other issues going on in it and it shows itself through money. But when you can get to that root cause and you say, you know what, we're going to tackle this symptom together and go to the root problem together. It does. It brings unity unlike anything else because you become a healthier person overall. You're not just getting healthier with your money. You're getting healthier with your communication. You're getting healthier in your relationship. Like all of it, it just betters your life. It really does. It shows you discipline as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the fitness industry. Um, that's kind of, I guess yeah. where I have most of my feet and part of 
what like my belief is how you treat your body is how you treat the world. And I think it's the same with your money. I mean, Mm -hmm. how you treat your money is kind of how you treat the world. And and at points in my life, like I treated my body like a trash can. I spent whatever. It was just this general, you know, just no respect for the temple of my body and the, the, the money I brought in. I mean, you go to law school, you get a law degree and you trash all your money. Like, what is the point? You know, I could have, and then you look back and you have all this regret. And that is tough to deal with mm-hmm. too. And, and I know you talk about that too. Yeah. What do you do with that pit, mm-hmm. sick feeling in your stomach when you put it on a spreadsheet? What do you tell your clients? What do you tell your readers? Yes, a lot of grace, a lot of grace. There are always going to be money mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's money mistake may have different zeros at the end, but we're all in this life trying to figure it out. And I think the point of being able to forgive yourself, being able to give yourself grace, then in turn, you're able to give other people grace and you're able to see, okay, when stuff happens, it's okay. And there's a spectrum. I talk about this in the book as well. There's a lot of spectrums in the new book, (laughs) all these quadrants and everything, but, but really there's, there's a level of too many rules is legalistic, but too much grace in the money side can be enabling. So you want to find this happy medium because some people walk around with so many rules and there's a lot of people that follow us that are like this. And I call them out because, oh, if every, if $4 is out of the budget, who, oh, oh, you know, they just, it's, and it's like, you have to take a deep breath, calm down. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Like you almost sacrifice relationship because of the rules. And I don't want that for people, but also on the other end, if you're making the same mistake currently over and 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 over then you're going to continue to get that result over and over and over and over. And, and I love my readers. I love people that, that, that tune in. Cause I'm like, I don't want that for you. I want you to get to a place where your money doesn't control you. You control it. You're in charge of it. It's not dictating your life. You're dictating it. And to get there, you do have to learn lessons from those mistakes, but those mistakes do not define you. That's not who you are. Right. And sadly, we live in this world where our net worth is our self-worth. It's a number. We have a number that stares at us in the face. We don't have a number for how good of a mom we are. We don't have a number of how great our relationship is with Jesus or our husband or our work. Like there's not a number for that, but our money, there's a number. And so when you put it on a spreadsheet, you see it black and white with a red and minus in front of it and a number, it becomes your identity and it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. And I think that's the world we live in, which I hate so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, the more you, I think there's a certain level of consciousness and Mm -hmm. unconsciousness that is tied to money, like to debt, to accumulating a lot of debt. There's just this zone out, check out. And in the way I, I do it in an online cart, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's right. Even the other day, um, we were on a budget and my daughter needs a jump rope for her CrossFit. And she said, I need a jump rope. And I'm like, oh, these jump ropes are so expensive. Like, come on, Meredith, like, really, you're going to knock her over a jump rope. I get on they're $17. Oh, that's not so bad. So I'm in the rogue store and I'm like, well, I need a jump rope. And I need this tank top and I need this. And before I know it, I go to check out and I have $300 uh-huh, uh-huh. of stuff in the cart. And before I would be like, oh, I shouldn't spend that, uh, whatever. Like there was just a mindlessness to it. Right. But being so close to being out of debt, <laughs> I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Whoa. You know? And so I just cleared the cart. I got the jump rope. 
I did get a pair of weightlifting shoes for my husband because he's needed a pair and they were on <laughs> sale. However, I cut the cart from $320 to like 102, right? Yes, yes. And I paid cash for it. So there you go. There you go. But it's that's how I got in that situation. Like when I look 100%. back to the, the 20 years, it was just like add to the cart or, or like not even it's just a lack of, of awareness well, and presence. Yeah, and I think too, Mira, like, I'm like, that's that's it, that's normal. Like people ask on interviews, like what's the number one mistake people make with money? And I always say they're not intentional because we can live our lives just exactly, like what you just said, I'm like, yes, exactly like that. And we all fall into it. I mean, during the pandemic, I literally was just like scrolling through ads and stuff. I did, and I and I was like, why am I buying stuff? I was like, cause I'm bored. And I'm like, right. Rachel, <laughs> what are you doing? But seriously, I'm like, that is it. When you're just not intentional and you go through, you know, years, some people decades and you look up, you're like, where did all my money go? Like it gets to be April 15th and you do your taxes and you're like, where did it go? And that's it. So the budget, that's why I love it so much as I, I'm a natural spender. Like we talked about, I'm a natural free spirit. So usually I would hate the budget and I did for a long time, but I started to learn that a budget gives me permission to spend. So I, I mean, like, yeah, if I were you, it's like a workout line item. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yes. I get to spend X amount each month and I don't have to have any guilt. There's no shame. I get to add the cart to that amount and I'm good. But yeah. when you don't know and there's not a plan, it is every time you're at the grocery store, you're somewhere, you're thinking, is this okay? Is this enough? But that budget, it gives you that intentionality so much. I mean, probably oh, just I like fitness, it. right? You have, yes, I mean, and fitness and money, they're so, they're so, they're so aligned, good. but it's the same thing. Yeah. And when you said that, when you said budget, I feel that way about a meal plan and, you know, so many body image and diets and people are like, Oh, intuitively eat. And I'm like, Oh no, intuitively eat has me a star on my 600 pound life. That is what <laughs> that means to me. Like I need a meal plan, but, mm -hmm. but the beautiful thing about the meal plan is it is permission to eat. Like yes, when you so actually good. plan it, it's like plenty of food and, and you do it according. And just like you said, like my budget is a lot of rice at lunch. Isn't that awesome? Um, <laughs> my budget for Amazon is whatever. And, yeah. and it is, I think there's this resistance to structure and, and consciousness mm -hmm. where we think it's holding us down and it really is that freeing factor. You're exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. You, so need, to, you us, need to get me in oh, shape. Ahead. You need to get me in shape, oh. Meredith. I need. I yeah. Need you my... look. You look like you're really not <laughs> doing well, Rachel. I need, I need to. I, I, no. I. I need. You need, I need some, some exercise. Yeah. Oh I my do. gosh. I really do. I really do. I would love to do that. That would be. I know. We should. I, it would be my honor to make you so sore you can't sit on the potty. <laughs> Uh, because call. if you've got three young kids, your back already hurts. Oh, um, I call it the hurts. mom hunch. It's like, it, you're always in it this is. position. My neck and my shoulders. Yes. And one arm is stronger than the one other. Cause arm. I carry all the babies on one hip. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. I have two, they're 12 and 13 now, but they were 14 months apart. And so there was a period of time where there was like always a child on me, you, you know, hanging. That's what happened. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it's fun now, but whew, totally, totally. All right, Rachel. Well, I'm not going to keep you. So tell everyone where they can find your book and what, what, what else is next? What's coming next for you? Even yes. Yeah. You can huge. find it. Yeah. Anywhere books are sold. So Barnes and Noble books, a million target Walmart. It's all there. And Amazon, of course we love Amazon and rachelcruz.com. If you want to go straight to the mothership, it is there as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, the book is, is a big deal launching it and I do the Rachel Cruz show. So there's a podcast and YouTube version of that. So that's fun to do weekly and yeah, just a lot of fun money content, hopefully coming people's way to help them get control of this area of their lives. Yes, absolutely. Well, the book is Know Yourself, Know Your Money. This is Rachel Cruz. And thank you so much for your time. This is wonderful. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.